Let's pray. Father, you are so good. Lord, and as I stand before your people tonight, God, I just pray that you will speak to the hearts of the people in this room. And anybody that may be watching Facebook Live, Lord, I pray that your spirit, Lord, will speak to our hearts, Lord, in the way that only you can, Lord. I just pray that we will open your word and hear what you have to say, God, because if we just think of it as another book or like we do a school assignment, God, it's not going to do what it can do. I pray, Lord, that you will just be with us during this time. And I thank you so much that it doesn't matter what I say up here. God, your word is alive and you have the power to do the supernatural in the hearts of these people tonight. And I pray, Lord, and ask that you'll do that. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do things just a tiny bit different tonight. Um, But I want to start out with just a little bit of something God has laid on my heart the past few weeks. Um, We've been in a series um, called The Last Sermon Ever Preached. Like if if this was your last time to to say anything, what would it be? That's kind of how Keith put it to me. And so the last time I spoke, I said that um, the last thing I would say would be don't miss Jesus, and that's true. So this is my second to the last thing I would say, I guess. Um, (laughs) don't, Don't miss Jesus ever. But also, don't be inwardly focused about yourself, your life, your bubble, your family, your church, your duties, everything about you and and how God has shown you favor and how, you know, God has really blessed you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Same Same thing. Don't miss Jesus in the things that he is allowing you to be a part of, allowing you to to witness, to touch, to see in this life. It's about him. And we are only here just for a second. And he really doesn't need us, but the coolest thing is that he wants to use us. And it's not anything that we can do. It's, It's if we allow the Spirit of God to use us. And it's not about, like, what God has done through me. It's about what God is doing, and he's using people with broken lives and mistakes and, and past that they're ashamed of to bring light to the world through all that because it brings God such glory when we turn our mess over to him and he can use it for something beautiful. And so I just want to kind of give you a tiny little insight on when that kind of started for me. I, I surrendered my heart to Jesus when I was about 12-ish years old. I don't, I'm not one of those people who know the day and time, but I was around 12. So I'm still going to heaven, though. But anyway, so, so anyway, um, and I remember that, that I had begun to really be convicted. Um, I was 33 in 2010. I'm 41 now. You don't even have to do the math, I'll tell you. But anyway, so I was about 33 years old when this, this particular world event happened that shook me to my core, and I knew that something was changing inside of me. I had a, a seeking heart anyway, and... and I had always considered myself close to the Lord, you know. I had always done the right things pretty much. 
and I had, you know, really loved God a lot, and I had, you know, helped in Bible school and all this stuff. Well, at this particular time, I was working for a church, and I was involved in, you know, a group uh, of children, and I loved it so much. So I had a job, and I had, um, I was part of a ministry that was growing and thriving, and I was, you know, going to church all the time, but I was, it was like, I'm involved. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, you know. And, and it was like God was beginning to kind of peel back some of the layers of truth, you know, as I kind of wanted to seek him more and get closer to him. He was like, look, you know, it's not about what you're doing. This is not about you, you know. And so on January the 12th, 2010, the earthquake in Haiti happened that was so horrible that killed over 300,000 people. And this image was one of the first ones that I saw. This man and his baby, I was just looking online at, you know, the buildings that had collapsed on people and people were, you know, had lost their family members. They couldn't find them. They were having to dig through. And this man, I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. The first time I ever saw this, I was, I mean, I was just sobbing, imagining that being me with my baby. He found his baby but his baby had been killed by the debris that had, and rubble and stuff that it was under. And there was nothing he could do. And he was just walking through the streets desperate. You know, and people, there were photographers there and they snapped that picture. And, and God used that photograph and that terrible, terrible, devastating earthquake for many, many reasons. I mean, for many purposes all over the world with millions of people, and I was one of those people. He opened my eyes to the world that I was not yet a part of, that I did not focus on, that I didn't, I didn't mean to overlook other needs and other people. I just did because I was so busy doing my thing and thinking about my kids and my family and my, you know, everything. But that, that man... And his baby, God used that to say, there is a world out there that needs me and there's not a church within every quarter mile everywhere else. And so he began to shape and change my heart. And I, I was so scared about thinking about branching out and doing something different that I didn't know anything about. And I didn't have a lot of friends that were involved in doing anything like that yet either. And so God was working and changing, and he used that to begin my journey of seeing beyond my own mirror and my own bubble and my own church and my own family. And so that is where my heart has landed for tonight, about being outwardly focused, about loving people beyond what you can see around you, because those people matter too. And, and we have a tight community in here. And we, we link arms and we serve side by side and we do those shoeboxes and we go on trips and we love each other so much. But everybody don't have that and everybody else needs to feel that love and that community too. And if we're the hands and feet of Jesus and we're supposed to love the world the way he did, then it's our command to go and do that. And so... As I was thinking about everything that I wanted to say, and I thought about this man and wondering what he's doing today and all this stuff, 
I realized that three years after that, I would take my first trip to Haiti. And I would be on the ground that that man was on. And I saw those buildings that were still in rubble. And many, 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 most of them are still in rubble today, eight years later. And it's just a world we can't comprehend here because we have so many resources to rebuild and, and start over and all that. And they just don't have that. And so God has shown me a lot in the last eight years. And the main thing is to, to go through every door that you know that God has opened for you. Don't ask questions about it as far as like, I don't, I don't know if I'm really called to do that. You are, you are called to do that. You are called to love the world. And if God provides you an opportunity to do that, you need to step out of your comfort zone and do that. So with all that said, God laid on my heart to do something a little different tonight and to include another person up here with me. And so I was like, cool. So I, I didn't, at first I was like, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know who it's supposed to be or whatever. And, I, you know, I just, God laid Danielle Calvert on my heart. And I knew that she would have a minor meltdown inside her heart if I asked her. And so I, I was like, I don't know if I should. And then I was like, no, I should. If, if her name is on my heart and I've prayed about it and her name's still on my heart, then I need to. So I did. And so we got delayed by the bad weather last week. So here we are this week. So Danielle, if you'll come up here. Danielle is going to um, share with us kind of like what I, you know, just an awakening that God has given her over time and what that looks like in her life because we all have a different story. We all have a different way that God gets our attention. We all have a different way that God calls us to do things. We all have different gifts and talents. And for me, you know, it looks totally different than Danielle. And so I want you to just have the floor and speak from your heart and tell us what that looks like for you. Um, okay. First of all, it wasn't a minor meltdown. It was a major meltdown, but that's okay. Um, and I'm just going to jump right in because if I don't, I will probably run off the stage and never come back. So um, I want to start by telling you first and foremost that if you ever doubt the power of God or the power of the Holy Spirit on your life, uh, then I want you to think back to this very moment right here. Um, because the only reason that I have the courage to stand up here tonight or even to walk on this stage is because I feel like God has called me to do that. Um, about a year ago, um, God revealed to me some weaknesses in my life. I was letting insecurities and fears and struggles that I was having really stand in the way um, of doing the things that God had called me to do. And so in those moments, I really began to pray, God, give me opportunities, show me ways that I can step outside of my comfort zone and be obedient. Um, another thing that I want you to know before I get too far into this is that as I stand before you tonight uh, um, to share with you what God has laid on my heart, uh, doesn't mean that I have this thing we called life figured out. Um, I am just like you, a sinner, a misfit, uh, all of those things, uh, but it has been my greatest prayer through this experience uh, that I truly rely on the Holy Spirit and allow Him and His words uh, to speak through me. Um, and so when Dawn first called me, 
with the idea that God had laid on her heart, my initial reaction was absolutely not. I will not do that. I cannot do that. Lord, you know that is the one thing. I've told you I'll do anything for you except that. So funny story there. Um, But in those moments, in those few moments that we were talking, um, I heard God whisper, you're right, you can't do this, but I can, and I want to do this through you. And so um, with every inch of my flesh wanting to say no, I wanted to say no so badly and have since then so many times, uh, um, the words, I will do it, just, I don't know where they came from, they just came right out of my mouth. Uh, Um, And I knew in that moment uh, that this was an answer to the prayers that I had been praying for obedience. Uh, um, I had been asking God for opportunities to be obedient and to step outside of my comfort zone. And here was that opportunity, and I just couldn't say no. Um, So Dawn asked me if I would share something that God had been teaching me or showing me that had been life-changing. And even though I could write a book, she also gave me five minutes, and it's going to go way over that. Um, I could write a book about all the things that God has done in my lifetime and especially in the last couple of years, but I began praying and asking God, show me specifically what you want me to say on this night. Um, And the only answer that I kept getting from God and from the Holy Spirit was just share your heart. Um, Just let your words be an overflow of what I've already put on your heart. And my response to that was, gee, thanks, God. Not exactly what I was hoping for. I was hoping for more of writing in the sky, um, you know, something subtle like that. And doubt immediately, immediately began to set in, and the question started, which part of my heart? How much of my heart? Lord, you know my heart. Are you sure? Do I even have a heart? All of those things just started running through my mind. Um, But in those moments of doubts and questioning and insecurity, um, when I nearly backed out a million times, I have sent on a million texts that I haven't really sent to back out, um, is when God reminded me, it's not about you. It's never about you. It's always about me and what I want to do through you. And I wish I could stand here and tell you that that was the first time I'd had to have that conversation with God. Um, But the truth is, I've had to learn that lesson over and over and over again. Um, In this selfish, me-driven culture and society that we live in, um, I've had to come to the reality a whole lot of times that it's not about me. It's never about me. It's always all about Jesus and what he desires to do through me. Um, One of my greatest desires... And something that brings me great joy is to be able to help and serve people. But as much as I desire to do that, to serve and to help, uh, one of my greatest obstacles in life is a fear of failure and worrying about what other people are going to think about me. Um, My entire life, I've asked myself questions like, what if I get this wrong? Or what if I do this wrong? What are people going to think of me um, if I mess up? And those questions have plagued me and kept me from being obedient and serving in the way that I know God has called me to serve. Um, Standing before you tonight is a very real example of that. Um, So many times over the extended days that I've had to prepare for this, uh, I've told God no. 
because I'm too tired or I'm too busy or I'm too selfish or I'm too certain, I just can't do this. Um, And as hard as it is for me to admit, there's been times in the last few days when I've even blamed God. God, you made me this way. You gave me this personality. You know this is not my gift. Uh, Why are you calling me to do something that's so hard for me? Um, But looking back uh, over the experience, uh, um, I can only wonder how many times I've missed uh, experiencing God in the times that I've said no and have made it all about me and what I couldn't do instead of about God and what he could do through me. So as I really began praying and preparing about exactly what God would have me say tonight, um, I was almost immediately reminded of the verse Joshua 1.5, and it's the Lord speaking to Joshua um, as he's about to prepare to lead the Israelites into the promised land, and it says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And I can't count the number of times I've had to read that last sentence and just trust that that promise to Joshua was also God's promise to me, that if I would come up here, he wouldn't fail me, he wouldn't abandon me. So um, Dawn mentioned Haiti, and about a year ago, a little over a year ago, the Lord began burdening my heart for Haiti through a sermon series that Kenny was preaching um, from the book of Nehemiah. And until that point in my life, I would have told you that I did not think God was calling me to serve in a third world country. Um, But after a lot of prayer, a lot of tears, um, I did feel like God was calling me to go. And so I decided to go on that trip. Uh, And I was anxious and fearful and had insecurities and lots of questions. uh, But I was also excited about the opportunity to get to serve God through the people of Haiti. Um, It wasn't long into our trip that I realized that God revealed to me um, that I had possibly gone with the wrong intentions. I had gone thinking that I was going to be a blessing and that I was going to be able to help as many people as possible, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it shouldn't have been the whole intention behind the trip that I was taking. Um, I felt like I had missed the mark And I almost missed the lesson that God was going to teach me on my first trip in Haiti. Um, I will tell you that nothing, nothing prepares you for the magnitude of poverty that this world, that parts of this world have, like seeing countries like Haiti with your own eyes. Um, And I learned very quickly while I was there that we could meet their physical needs for a moment. We could meet them for a day. We could meet them for a week, even for a year, but what these people really needed to sustain them was the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, And early on, my heart was shattered because I knew that there wasn't enough that I could do for these people. Um, And if I'm being honest and very transparent, there were moments early on in our first trip to Haiti where I got downright angry with God. I would cry out in my heart, God, if you love these people, how in the world can you let them live like this? But little by little, um, with every baby I held and kissed, uh, every little kid that I hugged and played with, uh, um, 
every prayer request from precious people who just wanted more of Jesus. That's all they wanted a lot of times. Uh, um, God began to show me again, to reveal again, this is not about you. This trip has nothing to do with you. It is all about me and you being able to share with these people my love and my grace that, that is the only thing that is going to sustain them long after you leave this country. Um, so to say my trips to Haiti have been life-changing would be a huge understatement. Um, one of the greatest things I've learned is the freedom that comes with this life not having to be about me. Um, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3.17, um, that says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is freedom. And as Christ followers, uh, we all have the Holy Spirit within us. So wherever we are then, there is freedom. Um, and for me, there is such freedom in knowing that God sees my fears he sees my doubts. He sees my insecurities, uh, but yet he chooses to use me anyways. Uh, um, there's freedom in knowing that whatever God calls me to do, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it makes sense to me or anybody else, uh, it matters uh, as long as I'm doing it to glorify him. Um, learning to live like everything is about him has not always been easy. Um, there have been many days on my journey to follow Christ uh, that have been excruciating. And even with the best of intentions, uh, I fail him way more times uh, than I get it right. Uh, but I've learned that it's in those moments that I'm most thankful for his grace that covers everything and that always draws me back every single time. Um, I can tell you from experience uh, that when I live like it's all about him, life is so much better. Um, I've experienced uh, with my own eyes and with my own heart situations that the world would say were impossible that God has taken and made possible. Um, I've watched as God has taken my family by the hand and walked with us uh, towards the life he's calling each of us to live in. He's led us to this place uh, to worship and to learn um, and to grow and to serve with this body of believers. And he's reminded us countless times uh, that we're never alone in our struggles. So I've come to realize uh, that if my focus is upward first uh, and then outward, that there is nothing God can't or won't do through us. Um, it has to be about him first and then loving and serving other people through the courage and the resources that he gives us to do so. And I'm going to wrap it up by saying I have no idea what your challenges, your insecurities, your struggles, your doubts are, but I know you have them. We all have them. Um, so, whether you're serving in Haiti or whether you're filling up wagons for Children's Hospital, whether you're signing up to keep the kids on Sunday morning or changing diapers in the nursery or committing to be, a, to be part of a small group, uh, um, make it all about him and his purpose uh, for your life. Uh, 
He won't fail you. His word promises over and over and over again that if you'll just make it about him, he will not fail you. So my challenge is that you surrender it all to God. Just surrender it all. Um, Experience the freedom in making it all about him. Remember his promises and his faithfulness. And then watch uh, as you experience the amazing things that he wants to do in your life. Uh, My prayer for all of us, for you, for me, for our church, uh, is that we always, uh, always try to make it all about Jesus. And that others, uh, when they look at us, will be able to say, wow, what an amazing God you serve. Because his power and his love and his grace uh, is visibly evident to them through us. And that's it. Thank you, Danielle. (laughs) I think the coolest thing about that is I did not have one, I did not know what Danielle was going to say. And it just almost lines up perfectly with what God has laid on my heart, which is just evidence of what she and I both have already said that, you know, God's in control, it's all about Him, and He uses things for His glory and His purpose, and He uses us to do that. So my scripture that I want to briefly, briefly share is Philippians chapter 2, and I'm just going to go over a couple of verses. Um, if you back up to chapter 1, you see that it's a letter to the church, the, the people of the church in Philippi. It's from Paul and Timothy, and they're writing, and they're just trying to encourage them, and they're talking to the leaders, and they're talking to the body. And in chapter 2, well, back up in just one verse, um, the last verse of chapter 1 says, we are in this struggle together. And I just, I just had all of us on my mind so much the past few weeks about, you know, there, are, there is power in our words that we speak to each other. There is power in our words and our attitude that we speak outside this place. The world is watching someone who professes to follow Christ because the people who do not follow Christ want to see what that's about. Does it look different? Does it seem different? Are you different? Are you worse than them? And nobody is really better than anybody else, but we should have a spirit about us that shows that the Holy Spirit does live inside of us. There should be fruits from our growth and our faith and our walk with Christ. There should not be bad things coming out of our mouth that is the overflow from a dark heart if you profess to follow Jesus. So chapter 2, he says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. We're in this together. We're a family, and we are to pray for each other and lift each other up, not just in our minds. Tell somebody you're praying for them and tell them something that will 
make them feel like they are not alone, that you are standing in the gap for them when you know they're going through a terrible time in their life. Let them know you see them because God sees them. And if we are the hands and feet of Jesus, we have to openly express the attitude of Christ in our life. We have to do that. Don't be selfish. Try, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than your own selves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And that's where I'm going to stop reading. Um, because when I was talking to Keith, I was like, okay, so do you have a, a scripture in mind or anything like that? And he said that really money and, and selfishness has been on his mind so much. And he was like, you know, I don't know if that means anything to you or whatever. And I was like, you know, God has really been dealing with me about some things like that. And so I'll dive deeper into that and see where he leads me. And that's what I landed on. Don't be selfish. Reach out to each other. Be about the business of working for Jesus, pursuing Jesus, seeking God with all your heart. But don't just make it about you. In your room, reading your Bible, praying your prayers, living your life, and thinking about yourself. That's not what following Christ is. That's not at all what it is. It's about everybody else. It's about extending your arm and getting down with somebody. Kenny has said before, you're either going down into the well or you're holding the rope for somebody that is. We're in this together Danielle, you did amazing, and, and it is so cool to get another perspective that we don't always get to hear about how God, you know, transforms your heart, walks with your family, leads you to new places, takes you on the journey of life, and, and you don't know if anybody will ever know your inner struggle or your, you know, the, the stuff you had to go through to get to where you are today or, or what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen in our families tomorrow. Anything could happen. But whatever happens, even if it's a horrible earthquake that takes the life of one of your loved ones or all of your loved ones, God is still good. He is still God. And that will never change. And He's not good because you got that job or... Your, you know, your family member beat that disease or, you know, my daughter hadn't had a seizure in almost two years. That does not make God good. He is good, but not because of those things. He is just good, period. If the bottom falls out from every single person's life in this room tomorrow, the goodness of God has not been changed one bit. And if every single prayer we ever pray again gets answered... That doesn't make him better than he is right now. He is faithful and he is strong and he is steadfast when we are none of those things. And he has to be the anchor for our soul. And we have to hold on to Jesus. You cannot hold on to another person. You cannot hold on to your job. You cannot hold on to your dreams and your hopes. Because all that is just for a second. And then we're gone. It's over. But what you do in the name of Christ while you're here for your 80 years or your 40 years or your 10 years, that's what matters. And we are called to live every day 
for him, not us. So, like Daniel said, look upward first and then look outward. And keep your eyes on Jesus because that's what it's about. I'll pray and we'll have a time of invitation. And if you feel like you just need to pray, pray at your seat, pray down here. Just know that you're free to do that. And don't, do not care what anybody else thinks. And if you know somebody's going through something and you feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to pray with them, pray with them. But if you're doing it just so you'll look good, stay at your seat. Don't move. Don't make it about you. Father, thank you so much for how good you are. Lord, for the fact that we know you're good, but we can't even comprehend what that really means. God, you've given us a mind to understand some things, but we'll never understand you fully. And that just makes you that much better in our mind because you are so far above us and you are so set apart. God, we just, we just only know what our minds can handle, Lord. But you are everlasting and you are all-knowing. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you do know what's going to happen tomorrow. You do know if the bottom's going to fall out of everything tomorrow. That doesn't change anything about your faithfulness and your goodness and how just you are. God, it just shows us more that we need you. We can't even go one day without holding on to you. I thank you so much, Lord, for using us when you don't need us and for sending Jesus when you did not have to. You didn't have to make a way for us. You could have just wiped us off the earth and said, forget it. But you did not do that because you desire a relationship with us. You want fellowship with your creation and your children. And I thank you so much for that because we don't deserve it. I just pray that you will just stir every heart that is within us tonight, Lord, just to show us what you want us to do for you. And I pray that we will never make it about anything but that, your glory, our life for your glory. Thank you so much for your great love. In your holy name I pray, amen.